Hey everybody, welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. I am really glad that you decided to join me today because we're going to talk about an awesome topic today. Um, I hope you've been doing well. I hope you've been serving God with all of your heart. I hope you have been living a life 100% committed and obedient to the Word of God because if you do, that's how you will find good success. Commitment to the Word of God, full obedience to it. If you're on a pathway to sin and you're going in the wrong direction, even as a believer, get on the right pathway, repent, confess your sins before the Lord, get your life together and get your life on the right track and fulfill the plan of God for your life. That's the key. Each one of us have a plan. God's given us, the moment we got converted, God has given us a plan to fulfill for his kingdom. And we let people and situations steal that plan from us, steal our direction and, and halt, halt us in our advancement towards our fulfilled plan, but we need to make that right and we need to get that together. And today um, is going to be about something that's going to help you uh, fully acquire your plan and because you, you need this in your life in order to function fully as a man or a woman of God. Now, this may be to someone here who uh, you may be listening and you're a five-fold ministry person. In other words, you work in ministry full-time. This may be someone who has, who's not in, in a quote-unquote ministry, but they they work and they you know have a, a job and they do that. There's maybe somebody that hits you uh, part job, part ministry, whatever. But we all need this working in our lives in order for us to find good success in what God has called us to do. So there's a lot of different things I could say about this. I have a lot of notes, but I'm going to try to interject um, testimonial type aspects of my life and, and, and things that I have um, have gone on in my life in regards to this. I may or may not. We'll just see which way this goes. I want to be led by the Spirit and let Him operate through this entire sermon. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to title this Operating in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Someone says, well, you know, all this stuff is going on around us. we got all these situations and Biden and all the stupid decisions that the government's making and the gas and food and, you know, inflation and recession. Well, here's the thing is we as people of God, if you're truly saved and you're watching this, if you're not, you need to get saved. If you're truly born again and you're watching this, you have the Holy Spirit. But often, many times, we don't operate in the power of the Spirit that has been given to us or that is there for us to operate in. And if there was ever a time when people, when the people of God, men and women of God, those, and I say this very frankly and very straightforward, those who are truly of the body of Christ. That does not make up the whole church. Everybody that gathers on a Sunday is not part of the body of Christ because not everybody in a church, in a church service is probably saved. Many may not be. That, that means they are part of that church, but that does not mean they're the body of Christ. It doesn't even mean that that church is part of the body of Christ. Only those that are of the elect, that are truly born again, that have repented can, uh, of their sins and have trusted in Christ as a Savior, Lord of their life, those are the ones who are truly filled with the Spirit. We're going to talk about that, but can operate in a great measure of power. Amen? So we're going to be in one verse. We're going to talk about one verse. I may extend this. I've talked about some of this before, but I felt like it was time to refresh this back in our minds and our hearts, especially with what, what's going on today. I'll try not to make it too long. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, or some people will say, operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. King James versions use the term Holy Ghost, and a lot of people still hold on to that. All right, Acts 1 8 says, but you, he's talking about to the disciples, but then he's talking about you too, because you are now in the family of God, if, again, if you're truly saved, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And why aren't we all walking in the power of God? And it says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So basically, the power of God comes on us from the Holy Spirit, and that helps us and equips us and enables us to now be witnesses of Christ throughout every, every region of our life, local, around the world, or whatever. That's what the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, that wherever you go, you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit residing on you, that you can now be a very effective witness because it, it's, it's to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our flesh, not in our own strength, but in God's power. This, this verse, Acts 1.8, is the key that unlocks the door of, of the book of Acts and the gates of Christian history. This is a very pivotal, very pivotal um, verse. Um, it represents the last known words of Jesus during his earthly ministry. Last words are very important. And uh, he, Jesus talked about in the upper room discourse, we see that in John 13 through 17, that his physical body would return to heaven but someone will be coming in his place, and that is the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit arrived because he knew they needed the Holy Spirit, as do all of us. Remember, he ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. Now God the Spirit comes to live down and reside in us, and that's who's guiding us, leading us. That's his job. That's the operation of the member of the Trinity of the Godhead, God the Spirit. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. They are all co-equal, co-eternal uh, persons within the Godhead. Each has their own office and their own job to do uh, throughout our lives and throughout the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is there to now be the presence of Christ, so to speak, in our lives to give us the power to do the things that we have been called to do. Um, in Acts 2, he comes and he has this unleashing of the Holy Spirit upon the church. And it is a powerful scene. If you haven't read the book of Acts chapter 2, uh, the, the book of Acts by itself and all subsequent Christian history is the story of what Jesus is continuing to do on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit working in his church. A.W. Tozer, great man of God, said, if God were to take the Holy Spirit out of this world, much of what we're doing in our churches would go right on and nobody would know the difference. I do not believe in a repetition of Pentecost, but I do believe in a perpetuation of Pentecost, and there is a vast difference between the two. In other words, that whole unleashing of the power of God, that perpetuation is should continue through the times that we are in now we should still see that same power of God manifesting itself 
in our lives. But as he's saying in this quote, that a lot of churches do not operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. They operate like a business and you can run a church like a business. You can get things done. You can have all these vast ministries, but really in essence, they're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're only operating in the wisdom, human wisdom of men. And that's not what we need. We need the power of God operating through our lives then in our churches so that this nation, this nation and this world can be truly changed. So here's the importance of understanding this verse. We as men and women of God need to know the anointing of God that's on our lives. And all of us have been anointed. The moment we got saved, spirit came inside of us. There's a whole Bible study on that. Uh, we are helpless to do what's called of us if we don't understand who we are in the operating of the Holy Spirit. The work of God, the work, the work of God can only truly be made powerful through the Spirit of God. And we see this verse in the Bible says, "You shall receive power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you." That's the promise of the Father. So. You know, there's a lot of churches operating today in couple, couple situations. They're, they're operating in, in regards to the Holy Spirit in a theoretical knowledge. Some have, uh, and this is what I have witnessed, some, because some denominations, some uh, sects of groups or whatever you want to call them, uh, of whatever denomination or whatever man-made organization it is, uh, sometimes people get way out there in the Holy Spirit. And they do a lot of crazy stuff. I, I would absolutely say almost demonic looking stuff, nutty stuff. Uh, that is not biblical. Uh, and what happens is you get good people who who want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. They love the aspect of the, of the Pentecost move and the power of the ru mighty rushing wind and you know, they they showed evidence of that when they spoke in tongues and other languages and men understood it. And they, they, they see this power of God, but then when they get in and around, when they start to see the flaky, the out, the fringe um, edges of people doing weird stuff, they get burnt on it. And now they go, I don't want any more of this. That's another problem. Or you have churches that uh, are almost afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're almost afraid of their peop people grabbing a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they think they're going to get too charismatic or they're going to be charismatic at all. Listen, it's not about any of that. It's about operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, there is a place that you can be in with the spirit where you can see and move and react and act and minister in a power source that uh, is like nothing that you have ever experienced before, but there's a cost to that. Yes, we're given it, but I, I'm believing more and more in order to really operate in that, you've got to be a person of deep prayer. And I mean prayer. I'm not talking about five minutes a day. You got to remember, and I think I put this somewhere else in the sermon, but I'm going to see it now. You got to remember this. I there have been men of old, uh, great men of God, who have moved and uh, uh, the power of God has operated in their lives and has moved in such a mighty way. These were men of great prayer. You know, three or four hours of prayer in the morning. Someone says, "Well, I got a job. I can't do that." Well, maybe they didn't, but they still were committed to prayer. Remember, Jesus prayed all night long. And when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane 
and he just simply wanted his disciples to stay with him. Uh, he went off and prayed. He came back and found him asleep. And he said, what, could you not tarry or could you not spend time in prayer with me for one hour? And so my my limit, my, my guide has always been an hour of prayer. I'm not saying that you can't pray 15, 20 minutes and you know, you're in a hurry and you get that, that's going to be effective. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying to immerse yourself in prayer, but even that hour in the morning uh, should spread itself as well. Also throughout the day while you're spending time praying in the spirit, wherever you are in the car, at work, whatever you're doing, uh, you're praying in the spirit, you're operating in the spirit, you're praying, you're, 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 uh, you're, 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 you're dwelling with God uh, wherever you are, whatever time of the day it is, and when you come home at night, you're praying, you're praying before you go to bed. Immersing yourself in prayer, I believe, is a total, um, it's a necessity. If you really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, if you really want, and I'm talking, let's say, talk about me. If I really want to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I really want to, and, and I, I fought this battle, and a lot of people that are watching this know I've talked about this. I fought this battle, but you know what? I, I realize now time is short. I want to spend the rest of my existence on this earth as a man of God on fire. I want to be on, I want the fire of God to come from my mouth. I want the fire of God to be flowing out of my life. I want the power of God to be operating and moving through my life so that when I preach, when I minister, when I witness, whatever I do, the power of God is there available to lay hands on the sick, to see them recover, to see lost men saved, to see their lives turned around. I want to operate in that, but it, it, there's a cost to that. And that cost is spending time in prayer and spending time saturated in God's word. Um, but there seems to be this uh, no spirit empowered witness to the faith in a lot of churches in the day and age that we live in. We have a lot of come in for an hour. Hurry, hurry, you got to get out of here. We got another service. Hurry, hurry you got to get out of here. You got to get to another service. And people can't spend the time to really sit in the presence of God at a church service around an altar and weep and pray and, you know, have a whatever you call a breakthrough uh, where the Spirit of God just really begins to show up in your life. I still believe that's viable today. I don't want to get so theologically uh, uh, strict that I don't give room for the spirit to operate in my life in a very powerful way. Look at what he did to the disciples when he came. These were men who were filled with fear. All of a sudden, he, Holy Spirit comes on the scene like a mighty rushing wind. Um, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in other tongues and other people, all these other tribes understand what they're saying in their own language they're amazed. Now they go from there and they begin to, Peter starts to preach. Peter was the guy that uh, couldn't admit that he was with Christ three times uh, before a teenage girl and uh, around a campfire. And now he's preaching like a wild man about Christ crucified, looking at the Jews saying, listen, you're the ones that killed him on the cross. And all, you know, he went off on him talking about the resurrection. And that was because the power of the Holy Spirit was operating in his life. And if you read the book of Acts, you see the power of the Holy Spirit operating in them so powerfully. It's like everywhere they went, people were getting saved. They were adding to their number. God was adding to their numbers daily, it says. Daily, people were added into their numbers because these guys were going out. Remember, the, the verse says, he'll give you power. He'll, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be his witnesses to all, to, to all the earth. 
And man, they touched the whole earth in about in a matter of a couple years. And, and lives were changed and vast regions of people's lives were changed and the sick were healed and the dead were raised. And it was all through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've minimized that today. And again, people have gotten too afraid of it because they don't want to get out there too far. You can do this. You can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and not be on the fringe at all, not even close to it, but still operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because service that's rendered in the energy of the flesh is fruitless service. And I don't want to operate in my flesh. I want to operate in the Holy Spirit. Psalm 62:11 says, once God has spoken twice, I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Zechariah 4, 6, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. All this is done by the spirit. Stephen, mighty man of God, mighty witness, because he was a man that says a full of faith and power, Acts 6, 8. Other places in the book of Acts, it says the early church was told to look out from among themselves men filled with the Holy Ghost. So our, our mission stations, our churches, um, that should be a prerequisite for those who are going to operate, that there are people, they, 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 the only ones that can operate there are people that are who have heard of the Holy Ghost and who have been endued from this power from on high. Luke 24, 9. You get what I'm saying? We, we need to seek for a... I don't know if you want to call it a deeper place in God. We need to seek for a, a, a more powerful moving of the Spirit in our lives. And if I said nothing else today, I should leave you with the desire to begin to seek out the power of God for your life. Why do you think there's so much stuff, people struggling with this and struggling with that in the church because they're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit? Operate in the power of the Holy Spirit Count the cost, do what it takes to get there, and you'll see life as you know it now. It'll never be the same again. Let me read you a little illustration. The train may stand on the track with every comfort that modern ingenuity can provide, but of what value is it unless the fire is under the boiler and the power is at hand to run the train? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And here, here's, here I'm coming to this now, and I already, I already got to it a, a lot earlier than I thought, um, but I, I'll just say what I wrote down. The devil has scored a point in making people so afraid of extremism about the Holy Spirit, which does abound, that we may miss the true in our fear of the false. Don't miss the true with fear of the false. Amen. I've been there before. I've let all the false stuff rob me from what I know is really true about the Spirit and the operating of the Holy Spirit. I know churches that won't even preach on the Holy Spirit because they are so scared of the topic. I don't know why, because without him, we couldn't accomplish anything. Um, so it says, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. That phrase, you will receive, What what is this telling us? This is a prophetic promise that was fulfilled on Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. What will they receive? They will receive power, not so much that it is a gift from the Holy Spirit, but that the power is intimately associated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So when the presence of the Spirit comes to live in you, he brings a power source with him. You need to live your life right, you need, I, I, I'll tell you something, I can't stress enough, I see so many people 
when I work at the range, I see so many different denominations of people come through. And people who have no, they, they're supposed to be church people or they're in this big denomination or whatever, and they have no idea of the Holy Spirit. And it's not, and remember, what I'm saying here, his name is the Holy Spirit, not the flesh spirit. In other words, he operates because he's holy, and I believe he operates in life. He operates in his fullness and his power in lives that are holy. Well, how can we be holy? Once you're saved, you're made righteous before God. The way you keep yourself right is if you do mess up, man, confess it quickly, get it right, and then go deeper with God. If you mess up, confess it, get it right, and then go deeper with God. That's how you're going to live a life that is filled with holiness and godliness and a life where the spirit can really dwell in your life and operate in a mighty and a powerful way. So what was the great need of the first church? Power from the Holy Spirit. What is the need of the church today? Power from the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, there are two New Testament words that convey the idea of power. We have the Greek word exousia, and we have the Greek word dunamis. And it is the latter that is used in Luke, in Acts chapter 1-8, dunamis. So the promise of power, um, we, can, we, we can trust this because Jesus has the authority to make this proclamation. Um, natural men and women will receive supernatural power to be his witnesses, and by their witness, we will be privileged to witness the great miracle of rebirth of someone from a dead spirit. Uh, wow, he gives us the power to play a part in that in someone's life. So the word power, dunamis, refers to inherent ability, not physical ability to accomplish a task. Inherent, it comes with him. When he comes in you, he brings that power source. He brings other gifts. There's nine other gifts of the Holy Spirit that, he, that come with him when he comes, and you will be operating in some of those if you're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will see some of those gifts operating in your life. A lot of people feel that a lot of the gifts of the Spirit that he makes available to us have gone out with the, uh, the early church. But I, I, you know, you can find, anyway, I just believe in, I believe in the fullness of the Spirit and I believe that he can operate through you any way he wants to. And I'm not going to shut off gifts of the Spirit and say, well, that's not for today when I can't absolutely scripturally say that. So I'm open to the moving of the Spirit. And I'm saying it right now before him, I'm, op I'm open, Holy Spirit, to, to your moving in my life and whatever gifting you want to use me in. All I know is that right now, Holy Spirit, use me from this moment on. I want to operate in, the, in a power source that I have never known of yet. And I know that's going to take me to do what I got to do, but I thank you that that is coming in Jesus' name. So this dunamis in Acts 1.8 is associated with the coming of the Holy Spirit upon a person giving us supernatural power capable of accomplishing the task that Jesus assigns. You can do it because you've been given supernatural power to do it. So this divine dunamis is the power that's necessary for disciples to be witnesses 
of the gospel, which also possesses an inherent dunamis, because we see when Paul said in Romans 1.16, this is really interesting, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, why not? For it is the power of God, that's dunamis, for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, within that gospel message, there is power to change a life. There's power, this power that's available to us, it, it is the indispensable uh, it's indispensable of the Christian witness. We have to have this power operating in our lives, and we've got to be seeking after operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, a man may be highly talented. He may be intense, intensively trained. He may be widely experienced, but without spiritual power, he is ineffective. He's ineffective. Um, on the other hand, there may be a man who's uneducated, unattractive, and unrefined, but let him be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit and the world will turn out to see him burn in the spirit for God. I think about Dwight L. Moody. I looked him up. Dwight L. Moody is a layman who never went to seminary. Not there's anything wrong with getting a theological education, but doesn't mean that you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't even mean you're saved. There's people going to seminary that flat out aren't even saved. But this guy, he's a layman, never went to seminary, yet by some accounts preached powerfully to over 100 million people in a day when travel was very difficult, over 100 million people um, over a short span of time. Spurgeon never went to seminary, but whom God used mightily. God anointed him mightily. God gave him a, from what I understand, a, um, a you know, where someone can, whatever they look at, they, they, can, they can memorize it. Um, and uh, that's how he operated. And man, look at all he has done for the kingdom of God as someone who was endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. These guys were greatly used by God because they relied on the Spirit's power. I said they were greatly used by God because they relied on the Spirit's power. Listen, if you're sitting there watching this and you have no desire, this is not getting you to a place of, man, I am just not living in the power of the Spirit in my life. I'm not seeing any, I'm not just, I'm not sensing the power of God using me for anything. Um, then you need to do something about that. You that know what I'm talking about, you you know there's things that you need to start doing to get yourself where you need to be. The need of the hour, folks, is power, especially in the day and age that we live in right now. The hour uh, that we live in, we need power, and we need to be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit in a mighty way. He came on the book of Acts with a, as a mighty rushing wind. We ought to be grabbing a hold of that. That's the way we want to be operating in the Spirit in our own lives. Um, but I, I, like I said earlier, uh, while there's a genuine Spirit-given power based on truth, there's a subtle counterfeit power based on error. So there's a crying need for men and women of God in the church to be of uh, sound discernment so they can, uh, because they're getting a, a diet of, of, steady, of solid food, in other words, deep teaching of the Word of God, that they are aware, they are discerning of things that are not, that are false. Things that are true and things that are false. And folks, I've been around this game for a long time and I have seen a lot of false, false acting, false things that people say are of the spirit. I don't, I've never even understood how they could even say that, um, that he, that he has people do some of the things that they say he does. And you need to really be wise about, you cannot count on every person you see on TV as being someone of truth. 
You have to have a discerning heart, a discerning mind to see what's being preached. What are they saying about the Spirit and what things are they doing or acting out that they're saying of the Spirit when you know in your knower there's something that ain't right? Well, if that's the fact, then there's probably something not right. Then we see the phrase, he has come upon you, means literally to come upon or over a person or place. That phrase, has come, is in the aorist tense, which indicates the Spirit's coming is to be a definite historical event, not a continuous coming. So he comes in your life. When you're saved, Holy Spirit comes to live in there. Uh, and uh, he brings with him gifts. He brings power. Again, we need to be vessels that are clean so he can operate in our lives in a powerful and a mighty way. And I believe there's got to be a seeking for that. I, I believe it's something that you got to want. you got to want this. you got to be open to the fact of allowing the Spirit to truly operate in your life in a, in a powerful way. Amen? Um, because you are saved, you have the Spirit. Um, you don't get the Holy Spirit later it's some, in some subsequent situation. You get Him right when you're saved. So know if you're saved, you got the Spirit. You just got to let it be developed. You got to, I don't know, there's no other way I can say it. You've got to pay the price to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. And again, great revivals, true, everybody, we live in a age where everything is called a revival. But a true revival when a nation, cities, towns are completely changed, that all started with not a superstar preacher, that all started with some man praying. But he's praying in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit just moves over those areas. Uh, and that's come from a, from a pure vessel who has uh, laid down his life, in a sense, to give up things to make sure that he's operating in God's power. And because of that, it begins to spread like a wildfire and people get saved and people get healed and, and all of that. So we are given the spirit at the moment of our conversion. But here's the key. The Bible talks about there is a key that we, key to this because we need to be continually filled. So it says in Ephesians 5.18, our goal as followers of Christ should be to continually seek to obey Paul's command to be filled with the Spirit. It is a daily de de declaration in our life, a daily request, Holy Spirit, fill me today. He's already come to live in you, but we see this. There's one baptism, but there are many fillings, and those fillings continue to take place in your life. I'm telling you right now, if you're living in sin, as even as a believer, you cannot be fully filled with the Spirit in the sense of being mightily used. You've already taken up too much space in the jar with things of the flesh. You've got to remove those things that that jar can be filled up completely with the Holy Spirit. And that is something that you are asking for and believing for and praying for every day to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And when He fills you, he controls you. And when he fills you, he empowers you. But we have to put some energy into continuing in the power of the Holy Spirit by being filled with the Spirit every single day. And to be truly filled continually, daily, you need to be doing, again, spiritual exercise, which is prayer and the Word. To be filled. If you don't want to work at it, then you're never going to receive it. If you just want to be saved and get by, but don't you want to do more for God? Don't you want to sense the power of God's Spirit operating in your life? Well, if you do, you need 
to be doing spiritual exercise, and that is prayer and the word. Again, Jesus prayed all the time. Why shouldn't we? If he needed to do it, why wouldn't we need to do it? We need to be praying every single day, constantly praying, constantly asking to be filled, um, constantly asking to be filled. I would say this, when you get up in the morning, get off. The first thing you go to in the morning is not Facebook and Instagram to see how many followers you got. Someone checked on, they liked your post. Um, the most imp- not, not even checking the news for what's happening in the world today. The first thing you should be doing is devoting your time to God to be praying and seeking after God, to be filled with the Spirit for the day, to, to seek God's plan and to, and to spend time with God. And I've done messages about how to pray. You can go back and listen to those, but you need to start praying, spending time with God. Set aside an hour every morning. Spend time with God first. Then you can, you know, get on with your day. But give God the first part of your day. Be filled with the Spirit. Pray. Read the Word Get, it, get immersed in the things of God and the Spirit of God and watch the Spirit begin to operate in your life. And then when you begin to testify, you'll sense the power of the Holy Spirit with you. When you begin to preach, you'll sense the power of God with you in everything you're doing and saying. Listen, I've been in situations that were very, very not friendly to preaching, but I've been put in them and I've preached. And man, the power of God has always come upon me. And I'll tell you, there's no feeling like the power of God, that, that, that enablement from on high just coming over you. You can sense him coming out of you and working mighty, working miracles in the lives of people and saving people and healing people all because you put some work into it. You asked, fill me with the spirit and you put some time into it in prayer and in the word. So you're supposed to be filled. So in short, what fills you controls you. If the Spirit fills you, He controls you. So I ask you right now, do you want to be controlled by your flesh or do you want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? You better have the answer right because you need this power to be His witnesses. And that's what it says He will do. One of the major things that He will do in your life is come into your life, give you power to be a witness. And I'm telling you again, not every situation of witnessing to people is an easy situation. And I've been in some very difficult ones. I mean, literally situations that were not at, in any way uh, set up friendly to the people I was in front of. But the Spirit of God shows up. He moves in power through my life. And you can see what we call a holy hush comes over the crowd. And they don't even move. They don't talk. They listen. And then they, they cry. They weep before the Lord, they come and get saved. I've seen that. I've walked in that. I've, I've ministered in that power. And yet I want more of it. I want to minister in, a, in, in that power and even in a greater sense in everything I do. I don't want anything to steal that from me. Um, the apostles got it and they were going out and being the witnesses that God had called them to be. Listen, I, I wrote this phrase down. Before Pentecost, the disciples found it hard to do easy things. And after Pentecost, they found it easy to do hard things. Um, we need to see the Holy Spirit coming in power in these, in these last days. We need to see the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Because if you want the world to change, then you got to go tell people about Christ. And so the whole aspect of you now living a holy life right, will affect people's lives because they're seeing you're different, but you're living a holy life. Get rid of the cussing, man. Get rid of the things of the flesh. 
Put the old man away, dude. Put the old man away and start living as a new man. Your mouth is supposed to be sanctified. You're not supposed to be saying cuss words and, and telling dirty jokes if you call yourself a man of God. Your religion can't cover you in that. You're sinning before a holy God. Get it right. Shut your mouth and speak the things of God. Speak right. Be a man who's holy. Your life then, your light will shine before men and make a difference. And then, because you're living that way, the Spirit can fully empower you to do everything you have been called to do by Jesus. Because Jesus has given all of us a plan and we need to fulfill that plan operating in the power of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be what all true believers do. We pray daily to be filled, controlled by the Spirit and not our flesh so that we can go and we can do what we are called to do and that is to witness of Christ, his death, his resurrection. And remember, Jesus said one of the last things he said before he ascended, I've given you power to tread on serpents to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out demons. He said, that's the power. And listen, if you say, well, that was just for them. Why would he just give that power to them and then nix it so that we don't have the power to operate like that in our lives? Because that stuff's still going on today. People still need to get healed. Demons still need to be cast out. He's given us the power. But if, you, if you're taught that you that's not for you or you're not able to, to move in that kind of power, then guess what? You never will. Someone's just talked you out of the greatest thing you can ever experience and that's moving in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's This should be the desire for all of us. To live as men and women of God who are anointed of God, who are operating in the power of the Spirit because we made the decision we're going to live a holy life. We're going to put off the old man, put all that stupid flesh out of the way, begin to walk and talk and act like a true man or woman of God and allow ourselves and ask and seek the filling of the Spirit every day and allow Him to fill us to do great work for the kingdom of God. Amen. It's as simple as that. It's not a difficult thing. It's very, very difficult simple, but you need to apply it, but you need to desire it. And I'm going to close this. I do not want to live out the rest of my time on this, on this earth as someone who's not doing everything God has called me to do. I want to fulfill my plan. And I know there's much more for my wife and I to do as a ministry team around the world to make a great impact on people's lives. We are called to do more than what we're doing now. We're called and, and, and that's going to happen because both of us are seeking the power of the Spirit to operate in our lives. Both of us are seeking to be filled every day. Both of us are seeking to live holy lives and I will guarantee you, you're going to see God open mighty doors for my wife and I of ministry around the world because we have a desire to operate in the power of of the Holy Spirit. I close with this question. Do you? You need to. This is something that you need to really want. Amen. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I just praise you, God, for all you've done and all you're doing. I thank you, Father God. We pray for that filling right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that those who are listening, Father God, would be seeking you every day in prayer. Their prayer life would be like never before. They'd be asking you to fill them every day of their life. Lord God, fill them, fill them, fill them. May they see you begin to fill them and endue them with power from on high. 
May they see the power of the Holy Ghost operating in their lives in a mighty, mighty way. Holy Spirit, work in us. We want to accomplish the plan of God for our life, and we know we can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for all these things. Praise you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. I know this has been a blessing to you. Man, take this and run with it. Seek the face of God. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit the rest of your days on this earth. Amen. God bless you.